0: Hello and welcome back to the Pet Cast. I'm your host James and today we are looking at the episode Trading Places. So it begins on some of the pets throwing around a ball in the play area and Zoe is looking at a picture of a dog she likes named Digby and gushing about him. Uh, Pennyling is close by eating and listens in on what Zoe has to say. So he describes him in detail of when he was last here, which she knows down to the minute, but not to the second. Well, maybe she does, but like, you know, seconds go by in like, well, seconds. I don't know. And that he, and she also mentions that he smelled of rawhide and leaves. Penny thinks that this is probably just a dog thing. You know? Because, like, she doesn't get it. So maybe it's, like, a thing for dogs. Which I think is fine. You know? Zoe says that they keep missing each other. And says that uh, he'll be here tomorrow. But she won't because she needs to cover up a freckle on her face, which she now reveals. But Penny notices that this is not a freckle, but a blemish. Slash zit, I guess. And she tells Zoe and shows her a mirror. And then Zoe screams really loud that it covers the entire pet shop and I think goes out a little bit. Now, okay, I'm going to chalk this one up to, like, cartoon logic as well. My my, everyone is a mutant theory can only go so far. Like, I mean, it is weird how many weird mutants powers people have or pets have in this universe but you have to draw a line in the sand somewhere and I draw it here but the line between mutants and cartoon logic is a fine one <laughs> so then uh then uh like the intro happens I think there it's been like I took, like, a break between starting the episode and finishing it. So, like, this part, uh, is when, like, the first part. So I don't remember if the, uh, opening was there. But it kind of has to have been. Because now, it's apparently two days later. But... I mean, you wouldn't know that just by looking, because it's like the same old pet shop. So Zoe is now freaking out about the zit that she has bandaged up right now and thinks that her issues are bigger than they are. I mean, it's bandaged up. You can't even really see it. And Pennyling tries to downplay it a bit. But Zoe is still blowing things out of proportion. And yeah, I don't. Like, I want to say something about like body image and body dysmorphia here. But I'm not like a psychologist. I mean, I just took a class in psychology. But that doesn't make me a full-blown psychologist. It takes years of effort. And stuff, but like, yeah, I think Zoe has some issues, and she's projecting them onto her zit on her nose. Which, I mean, I can at least tell that like they 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 make it clear enough that that's what's happening. I think so. Um. Yeah, while Zoe's freaking out, Penny asks if Digby said anything about her yesterday. But Penny Ling says, no, but because he wasn't there yesterday, there was a schedule mix-up, and he's coming in today. So Digby, on cue, walks in, and Zoe hides behind Penny, and Digby says hello to Penny. Zoe then says, we need to talk, and drags Penny behind a mirror. To talk, I guess. So then Blythe drops in and shows the rest of the pets, I think, uh, her new backpack. And Russell then enters a fantasy about what it would be like to go to school. Which, I mean, I guess kind of appeals to Russell since he's the brains of the pet shop. But... Still, this fantasy gets weird, so uh, at the beginning, Russell imagines himself as like the big hedgehog on campus. He's walking down the hall, and everyone on looking is talking to each other about how great Russell is, and he's wearing these like sunglasses or actual glasses. I think they were actual glasses again, this is like. Before I took a break. Because like you know. Life is. A bit hectic. Like. I mean you can tell. Because I haven't put one of these out. In over a week again. But I mean. Whatever we'll get to that at the end. Since I didn't get to it at the top. Anyway. Um. Then he. Imagines. Himself as a football. Not a football player. A football. American football in case you're wondering. So what happens is like they're at a sports game. A sports arena. A football field I guess. I know football. I might be a nerd but I know football. I was raised by football people. And I get into football when I'm watching it. I just don't watch it terribly often. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh they're they're at like the stadium and everyone's cheering on Russell and then Russell's like, "Yeah, yeah, congratulate me." And then he curls up into a ball and then he gets kicked by a player for a field goal. So, like, Russell has to know he has super strength if he's willing to get kicked by a football player. Because, let me tell you, they are strong. And I don't even think, like, the lightest kick that would make it into a field goal would not hurt. This would hurt. If you had normal strength. But because Russell has super strength. He's just okay with being punted. Because that doesn't hurt. I guess. And then uh, when he gets to the field goal. uh, He bounces around on the goal posts. And it looks like he's going to fall the other way so that they don't get the goal but then russell cheats and uses like one of the goal hands to i i looked this up i cannot find like i cannot find what those things are actually called in like shorthand so they're just like poles i guess on one of the poles he pushes himself on the pole so that he goes the other way. And makes the field goal. And like. Like the ref even calls it good. Like. Like they didn't see that. It seemed a little obvious. But that's because I was close up. So maybe the ref didn't see that. But I mean. Well okay. This is. A middle school. School. High school football game? I'm back to this, and I'm not even at the part where, like, I wrote in my notes that I'm back to this. Yeah, we're going to get to more of this later. That's that's going to be fun. Like, So, they don't have, like, the NFL's, like, camera technology that they can review everything on, but... If they did, they would so call out Russell for being a cheater. I spent way too much time on this part of the fantasy. (laughs) So, anyway, he then imagines himself at an award ceremony receiving the Best Student Hedgehog Award. And then he accepts his award and then sees Blythe in the crowd and gives her a wink. Okay, this... I think I need to talk about at this point so according to some people on TV Tropes and one of my friends who wanted to see an episode so I showed him an episode it wasn't this episode it's not an episode we've seen so far it's in season 3 but put out and that is that the show may hint at Russell having a crush on Blythe, which, like, I mean, I didn't notice it until they brought it up, but, I mean, I kind of see where they're coming from with this scene, because he's like, Oh, yeah, Blythe's there. That's, my, like, what I like. It's what I like. It's what I like. I don't... Uh, <laughs> anyway. um, But, like, I don't know. I I stand against it on a moral perspective. Although, then again, maybe I might be into, like, a hedgehog and panda... So I don't know if I have the high ground in that argument exactly. I don't know this show is weird. This show is weird. Uh like okay, I don't I don't accept it, but I can like kind of see where they're coming from. Like even like when they said it, I can I can see where they're coming from in like other episodes that they didn't see. And it's just I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. So then, uh, Blythe, uh, has to leave, and Russell snaps back to reality. Oh There goes gravity. Oop, there goes... R- and then- <laughs> so anyway, Blythe has to leave, and then she says, TTFN? But the pets are all confused by this. And... Okay, this is part of the acronym running gag that they do. Which, it's not a good running gag, but... I I also said I wouldn't mention it too much, but... This one's just, like, weird, because, like... TTFN is, I think, a common turn of phrase. Although, maybe it's just because I watched... Winnie the Pooh a lot and Tigger said to TFN tata for now I mean he always added the clarifier so maybe not adding the clarifier like was what was weird about it like like the pets are conditioned to hear TTFN tata for now like that but when they didn't hear the tata for now they were like what? but no, no it's not that Because, like, Blythe had to actually explain Tata for now. And the pets, like, seemed to, like, oh, yeah. And not, oh, there it is. I don't know. This seems like a real common turn of phrase. I think. Did I just watch too much Winnie the Pooh growing up? I mean, no such thing, am I right? (laughs) But. Anyway, Blythe rushes out the door and then Russell gets an idea and he rushes into her backpack to go live out his fantasy, which he should be smart enough to know that he can't live out. Like, he should know that Blythe is the only person that he can talk to and they understand what he's saying. Like, holy crap, holy. This is dumb. So the rest of the pets. Talk about how terrible this is going to be. When Blythe discovers it. And also when Mrs. Twombly. Finds out that Russell. Went AWOL. But Vinny says they should just cover for Russell. Like friends do. I guess. I mean friends do that. I think. Like if the charge isn't. Too serious. Like. Like this is like covering for your coworker when they want to go to a Foo Fighters concert, but it's during work. Which is it? Was it during work? I mean, I don't know of many concerts being like midday, except for like big events. Like I just referenced how I met your mother there. With the Foo Fighters concert. But like. I don't. Now I'm confused about that more. Well not more than this show. I'm going to get. More confused about this show. When we're going back. But. But right now. I am confused about how I make it. So yeah. And he says they should cover for Russell. And Sunil replies. What are we magicians? Odd that I would ask that question, except not really, since you're the only magician in the crowd. You're a good magician, although I don't see, like, any, like... Wait, yeah, Sunil! Sunil, use your magic to teleport, like, Russell... Except then you'd be missing, and then we'd be back to square one. So, yeah, and I don't know of any other magical tricks up your sleeve that can save you in this situation. So, I don't know, maybe something else. Meanwhile, Digby is asleep for all of this. And then behind the chair, I think, uh Penny says that it's nonsense that Zoe wants to avoid Digby because of her nose. But Zoe is still over exaggerating her nose problem and her zit. But Penny tries to reassure that it won't mean anything to him. But Zoe's like but what if he's superficial? What if he only cares about looks? What if uh <laughs> Okay? Okay, I'm going to get to this now. So, usually I put like the writers in the description to give them credit for the episode that I'm tearing into, I guess. And one of the writers is a writer named Tom Minton who wrote uh like a few episodes of uh Phineas and Ferb. And that, like, kind of dialogue on top of what happens later in this episode, like, just reminds me of, like, uh, Candace and Jeremy's relationship. And, honestly, that's that's a really good TV relationship that I really like. I don't know. I've, and, like, I like seeing it emulated here. So... Yeah, it's not... Yeah, this sh- like I said, like I keep saying, the show isn't all bad. It's just a lot weird. But, like, Van and Ferb is a lot weird, but, like I said, it doesn't borrow enough or it borrows a little too much when it shouldn't. But right now, I think uh, they're borrowing enough, and I think that's fine. <laughs> so, um... So he then says that Penny should talk to Digsby and then drags her off again so now, in the car uh, of Roger taking Blythe to school, Blythe and Roger are talking about Blythe's idea for a backpack, which interesting if deliberate, but uh we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I kind of hope it's deliberate, because, yeah, this is an interesting bit. Maybe it's, like, deliberate the other way. Like, sometimes, like, MLP does that, where they take something from an earlier episode and then, like, put it out for later. But, I don't know. The Yeah, they're just having, like, a pleasant conversation, and Roger's, like, encouraging... Blythe about her idea because he's a good dad good dad Roger always so uh, Roger says that uh, like that if she makes a backpack that can store an animal that uh, Blythe and everyone could take animals to school but then Blythe says that school is an animal free zone and couldn't take animals to school but then uh russell pops out of the backpack and they spot each other Blythe freaks out and roger like swerves a bit because he's not used to this and roger asks what's wrong because he's not turning around and because he's a good driver or at least a good dad. Which makes him a good driver because he doesn't want to get in a car accident with his daughter. Although him being a good driver might not have been on display in episode one. I don't know. Like, maybe that disproves the theory. But, I don't I think he's a good driver in this instance. So, but... Blythe, instead of telling the truth, lies and says she forgot something at home that they need to go back. However, uh, like when Blythe says, like, uh, tissues, Roger uh, grabs some tissues and throws it back. And then she says, cotton balls, and throws those back as well. And then she says, her favorite brush. And he has all of her brushes for her all of her favorite brushes depending on like the style cause yeah like Roger knows that Blythe is a fashion forward teen and you know like different combs produce different styles Roger's a good dad and he has all of that stuff just so that Blythe doesn't have to be late for school (laughs) So, yeah, you know what? Hashtag Roger for Dream Daddy 2. That's just going to be my code from now on for when Roger's being a really, really good dad. So, if Blaith gets dropped off with all of that stuff in hand and then talks to Russell about how bad an idea this is, they just. Plan on stuffing uh, Russell into her locker and giving him some food for the day. But then an alarm sounds and, like, three groups of people, like, just stampede in Blythe's Sway. Like, just a group of regular students, some football players, and a marching band. Marching band. Okay, I'm... I really need to stop referencing different songs in this episode. I probably won't, but I need to stop. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this is the part I mentioned earlier where I'm confused on whether or not this is a high school or a middle school. And I think it might be both. Or maybe a high school. Because a lot of, like, the students that pass by seem taller than Blythe like noticeably taller and like the football players are freaking huge they're just huge so like it's either a high school or both like a middle school high school although I've never actually seen a middle school high school I've seen an elementary school middle school. But not a middle school, high school. I don't know. Like, I haven't been to New York. So does New York have middle school, high schools? Like, if they're trying to emulate that? Criminy. I don't even, I don't even know. So then an announcement comes on saying to disregard the fire alarm because, I don't know, something was wrong with the fire alarm and it's not like, an actual fire and they're not having a drill and the stampedes come back from the other side in like the same order they came front-wise which I'm actually a little impressed they had time to turn around and not like like fully turn around not like it's not like in reverse order where it's the band and then the thing first and then but it's the other yeah. I'm impressed, but uh, <coughs> what I'm more impressed by is that through six student stampedes, Blythe does not get knocked over. She is still standing. She is dazed and confused, but she's still standing. And that's doubly impressive because given the size of her head, she should be incredibly top heavy. So um... <coughs> While she didn't fall down at all, she realizes that her backpack and Russell with it are missing. Uh, She looks for it and finds it, but doesn't see Russell in it. And then she sees a tag and that it belongs to Brittany Biscuit and realizes that if she has Brittany's, Brittany has hers. And she freaks out when she sees Russell in the bag. Russell then runs off and Blythe realizes just how bad this is. This is the worst case scenario. Which, uh, so Russell just pinballs down the hallway to run off. And Blythe uh, grabs her backpack and returns Brittany's. Which I'm just now realizing, why don't they have similar backpacks if they have similar everything else, the Biscuits? If they're that close as twins, uh, I don't know. So Blythe continues to give chase, but the class bell rings and Blythe is forced to go to class. So, uh, Blythe says, how bad could it be? But, uh, it gets bad because we go into, like, the janitor's closet. And the janitor gets a call and then goes off about how he'll get, uh, the prickly rat that is running around. He hears Russell running by and then grabs his net and goes off. So, then we cut back to the pet shop, and Digby is doing his exercises. Like, he's doing pull-ups with his ears, not uh, his paws, which, whatever. This is, this, is, this is, again, the line of, like, uh, cartoon logic versus mutinism. So, uh, Zoe talks to Penny behind the chair about Penny talking to Digby for her. Penny thinks Zoe should still do it, but she sees that Zoe is way too upset about her nose to do it. So, Penny decides to do it anyway, because, you know, that's what good friends do. So, okay. Zoe thanks her. And calls her her furry little Cyrano. To which Penny responds, Am I really Cyrano? Because I thought he was the one with the nose issues. And then Zoe says, That hurts. And Penny giggles to herself. This is a reference to Cyrano de Bergerac. Who, according to Wikipedia, was a French novelist, playwright... Epistolarian letter writer, I think, is what that means. I don't know I clicked on the link of epistolarian, and it just went into letter writing. So that's I'm a, I'm inducting that that's what that means. And duelist, and not not the Yu Gi Oh kind of duel, but like the duel with like you know pistols at dawn. Or, I think it was Swords at Dawn at this point. I don't know. I looked at the dueling page on Wikipedia, and... I don't know. They started out with Swords. Although, I mean... I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be, but I'm still a little sad that Cyrano de Bergerac wasn't, like... Like a duelist with, like... You know, in the Yu-Gi-Oh sense. Okay. So... How how did they know about Cyrano de Bergerac? Like, I mean, I didn't know who he was, what they were talking about when, uh, when I first saw the episode. And then I only learned about him through, like, a bit that, like, the late show with uh, Stephen Colbert put on, uh, like, earlier this year about, like... Like, like, they're like copyright land or whatever. I don't know. They had like a thing where they had a company that like bought a bunch of stuff and they made like a random assortment of uh, copyright stuff with a copyright theme land. And then there's like public domain playground or something. And Cyrano de Bergerac was in one of them. And then they had him with an over-exaggerated nose. And that's when I knew that that's what they meant. I don't... I am thoroughly confused about this. Because, like... Like, if I didn't know about this until now... Like, I don't think kids are going to get who Cyrano de Bergerac is. I'm, I'm saying his full name because it's fun. Okay? Cyrano de Bergerac. Much like how saying Pendleton Ward's full name is fun. So, uh... Like, is is this like a Canada thing? Because, like, it's written... It's like the production is in Canada, I think. Like, if if you're Canadian and listening to this, can you tell me if you learn about Cyrano de Bergerac in school? Like, maybe in Quebec, probably. Or Quebec. I mean... Whatever, I am just... I am going on a lot of tangents today. But there are a lot of tangents left to go, so... Let's keep this rolling. So then, Zoe brings out, like, a stack of talking points, and Penny is like, Whoa, that's a lot of talking points. And then, uh, we cut back to the school, and Russell is running from the janitor, who is screaming, there'll be no prickly rat in my performance review. Which, come on, you're trying. They know you're trying. I don't think trying and failing to get a rodent is, like, a bad thing on your performance review. But, whatever. So... Russell escapes (laughs) oh goodness Uh, by climbing onto a pipe into an open window above the room into the room and then we cut back to the pet shop where Penny Ling begins talking to Digby about what Zoe likes about him and Digby is confused about why Penny Ling is telling him all of this Instead of Zoe, and Penny is like awkward about that, you know? Because it's awkward. So, uh, Digby gets a sense of what's going on, and Pennyling continues messing up once. Uh, I forgot what the exact mess up was. Whatever, but she messed up once. Anyway. So then, uh, back at the school, there's going to be a lot of aggressive back and forth between scenes in this episode. Uh, Russell is actually, uh, in the doctor's office. And uh, Whitney and Brittany Biscuit are, like, right below him because he's still hanging on to, like, the pipe on the ceiling. And the Biscuits are, like, freaking out and talking bad about Blythe and Russell. Russell gets mad at them, but he lets go and drops down. Which probably should have killed him. But doesn't because he has super strength as evidenced by him, like, voluntarily getting kicked in his own fantasy. (laughs) So yeah yeah that's that's the fuzziness of this line (laughs) so uh, they freak out and leave and then Russell leaves but then he ends up face to face with the janitor and the janitor runs towards him but then sleeps on the floor He notes that he used too much wax which is probably worse than not catching a stray rodent on your performance review because you're putting students' lives in danger especially some students with like really big heads although to be fair despite them being top heavy for being big headed they don't get knocked down easily so and then Russell like makes his escape from the janitor (laughs) (laughs) well just I'm sorry a a hedgehog escaping something just makes me think of city escape follow me set me free trust me and we will escape from the janitor (laughs) I'll make it anyway so then we cut to Blythe in the lunchroom looking for Russell in all sorts of places So, one of these places is through the trash can, and then she puts stuff from the trash can onto her tray, which grosses out a passing student wearing what I think is My Chemical Romance's Black Parade uniform. Like, you know the one, if you were alive in 2006. I mean, you could not go anywhere without hearing that song. Anyway. So, uh... And then Blaith asks if anyone's seen a hedgehog. Not on the menu, but... Uh, just roaming around. (laughs) I like how Blaith has to add that qualifier. Like... Like... They would actually serve hedgehogs, <laughs> oh goodness, anyway, so uh Blythe goes to her table and is freaking out about losing Russell, and she starts seeing Russell where he isn't like once on a scrub brush, and then a silhouette of uh, the mascot going around because their mascot is also a hedgehog, I think. And then Blythe just continues to freak out. So then uh back at the pet shop, Penny continues to use Zoe's words to shower Digby with praise. And then Digby asks the question of, why can't Zoe talk to me? And then Penny says, it's her nose. Digby wants to know what's wrong with it. But Zoe like tries to do the no stop stop like sideways hand movement gesture for like no. But she hits the tire swing with it and then launches the tire swing up and then back into her, and knocks her off her feet. Penny comments saying that she really lost it, but digs. Di- Why? Why am I keep messing this one up? Digby, like, hears this because he's a dog and can hear a lot and infers from that that Zoe actually lost her nose. And Penny says, uh, not exactly. And then Dig Digby, criminy. It's really hard to just say Digby. I've said Digsby unconsciously, like, throughout, like, this, and I did edit that out. Oh. You probably know what part it is. So, <clears throat> anyway, Digby starts to make a move on Penny... Maybe as part of a con to uh, get Zoe riled up enough so that she'll talk to him. Maybe not. I don't know. I think it is. In fact, I know it is. Because that's how it works in Phineas and Ferb with uh, Jeremy and Candace sometimes. Uh, I just, I think, I believe that's what that is. So, yeah, Digsby wants to get to know Penny more because and like says that uh she must be a real kind-hearted panda if she's willing to put up with this kind of runaround, and Zoe is furious about all of this, so then <sighs> cripes, I wrote snakes instead of snacks in this list. That would have been real awkward. <laughs> okay, so Mrs. Twombly is getting snacks ready for everyone. And then announces it. And says, I'll be there in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Or a fish's tail. Or whatever tail you have. Because Mrs. Twombly is all inclusive like that. So the pets freak out because they don't have a convincing Russell stand-in. It's just a bunch of cardboard boxes and tubes. So, uh, Pepper tells Minka to distract Twombly while everyone else is working on a better Russell. So, uh, Minka approaches Mrs. T and asks for a snack. And then Mrs. Twombly gives her a salivating simian crunch energy nugget. Uh, Minka eats it and then, uh, Mrs. Twombly goes for the door. But then, uh... Minka comes in wanting her belly scratched. And then uh, she does that, but then she goes back to the door. So Minka tries scratching on her, but that doesn't hold up either. So uh, as a last resort, Minka takes one of Mrs. Tomley's prized doorknobs. And Tomley gets adequately distracted with it. And she chases Minka around the uh not play area part of the pet shop i guess technically the pet shop part of the pet shop and then when uh, minka throws it up in the air mrs Twombly leaps for it but minka also catches it by climbing up to the ceiling and then mrs Tombly lands in a bag of uh, in bags of pet food And then uh, Minka brings the doorknob up to the incapacitated Twombly. And Twombly says, Who knew that monkeys and doorknobs would make for such a delightful diversion? So this is a reference to the other show by the creators, which is My Gym Partner's a Monkey. And they had a whole running gag, I think, about how, like, monkeys get distracted by doorknobs and yeah, like they had that in like one of the games they had on CartoonNetwork.com. Network.com. I, I played the game because like, I don't know, as a game, it was fine, but as a show, I heard like, it's probably like not like, it's probably one of the, I've, like, a lot of people say it's not very good. And, I mean, I don't remember it being great. I just thought it was, like, all right. I don't know. Maybe I should look into, into that show again because I'm doing this this whole podcast about this show that the creators created. Maybe I'd do the other thing, but <sighs> whatever. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to though. So uh, Sunil is relieved when this distraction works out, and then we cut to the school again, and Blythe looks for Russell, and sh- she thinks she finds him, but it's a prickly rat in the garbage, and then Russell. Uh, heads to the garbage after Blythe leaves and then finds the same rat and comments about his prickliness because he knows the janitor's going after a prickly rat and thinks that that's Russell. So he sees where the janitor might get confused. So then uh, Russell leaves the area and then Blythe comes back in the area and looks for him again They keep missing each other. Which, whatever. So then, at the pet shop, Zoe sneaks around to find Penny and Digby, and she sees them laughing on the tire swing on top of a bunch of pet beds that are stacked up for some reason. And she's not happy. So then, back at school, uh, Blythe is looking for Russell in the locker room, and then she looks behind a set of towels strung up like... You know, like the sign for this should be private and especially in a locker room. It's weird. But thankfully, she only finds the mascot napping in in full mascot uniform. But they're still both freaked out by all of that. So back at the pet shop... Yeah, we're going really back and forth. It's like that one rhythm heaven game, like at this point where like it was like e- ooh, uh, ooh, e- ooh, uh, ooh, before, but now we're going to like e- ooh, uh, ooh, e- ooh, uh ooh, and that's that's what that's like. Anyway, so uh, Penny and Digby continue laughing, and Zoe like falls off the tower because it's horribly balanced. And uh, she falls onto the Russell decoy. But then Vinny sees Russell's silhouette and finds that it's just Zoe's lower body contorted to look like Russell. And Pepper thinks that they can use this. So Blythe finds Russell and picks him up. And Russell says he wants to make it back before snack time. And Blythe realizes that Russell's owners are also on their way back. So Blythe starts running out of school. But then she collides with the janitor. And then her backpack falls off and hits the trash can, and the janitor springs up. Russell ducks because he thinks he's going to get caught, but the janitor goes for the trash with the actual rat. The janitor thanks Blythe for the assist, and Blythe is not really enthused about this. But then Blythe runs off, and the janitor walks proudly with his catch, singing like, "The You'll take the high road, and I'll take the low road. But with Rat instead of Road. And uh, the Rat, though, says to keep the place warm for him. And a bunch of rats come out, but hide when the janitor turns around. And the janitor puts it up to, I've been doing this for too long. Which, okay, first, are you getting back, Rat? Are you not going to you know, die because of this. Like, I don't, I don't know what the policy is for, like, catching rodents in schools, but I don't know how many of them involve them leaving it alive. You know, especially one with, like, a janitor as... I mean, I was going to say crazy about this, but it's not too crazy, especially not compared to like other crazy specialists like the, he's he's no uh, exterminator from over the Hedge. I'll tell you that much. So second, with all of those rats in hiding, one of four things is happening the janitor is really bad at his job, which might explain why he wants to catch a rat for his performance review. And But, you know, also putting too much wax on the floor might be a bad sign. So, or two, no one knows about all of the mics in the area. They know about maybe one or two, but they're just too dumb to notice the rest. Three, the mice are actually super geniuses, which puts me on the other side of the... which puts them on the mutant side of the mutant cartoon logic line. Or four, nobody actually cares about these rats except the janitor. And none of these seem like entirely good options for the school. I mean so uh <laughs> so uh outside of school Blythe goes into a taxi pops some quarters and gets ready to rock because it's crazy taxi yeah 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 so uh I'm not exaggerating the taxi just jets off and starts going like taking corners hard and Russell almost drops the apple. Yes. So, whatever. So at the pet shop, the pets are painting Zoe's backside brown and putting glasses on it to make it look like Russell. I don't I don't know. This whole segment is just a little weird if you think about where they're putting stuff. Especially because they use, like, uh, uh... A blow dryer to like dry the paint and Zoe's like whoa what, what was that what was that it's a little just maybe a little suggestive <laughs> I don't it's, it's weird so then uh Trombley walks in and tells the pets about Minka's wild chase So then uh, back on the roads, the taxi gets a little less crazy because it's caught in a traffic jam. So Blythe decides to leave the taxi and go uh, the rest of the way from here. So at the pet shop, cripes, this goes back and forth really fast. Uh, Twombly gives out treats and then uh, starts to give out Russell's. So Blythe Blythe hops on a random bike and asks for a ride, but the biker is sarcastic about it and only goes two feet to his destination. So then um, Blythe hops off the bike, wonders what to do, and then sees a wooden box and comes up with an idea. Twombly can't find the treat for Russell, even though like she poured out a whole... Bag like these were a bunch of treats that everyone was gonna share. That's I don't get it. So, and all the pets are nervous because they might get discovered. So, uh, Blythe builds a skateboard and says, It's amazing what you can build with absolutely no time. And then, okay, so like. Is Blythe also, like, a mutant builder? Like, she has the talking to animals, but she can also build, like, a hologram machine with a bunch of stuff. And then she can build a skateboard out of her bare hands, I think. Like, a wooden skateboard. Like, she doesn't have splinters at the end of this. So, yeah, Blythe is, like, a mutant in two ways. So uh, she then skates down and uses the box she saw earlier as a ramp. then when she lands, she starts having fun with it. Like, yeah, where before she was, like, nervous about her safety, even though they're wearing helmets. But they're not wearing, like, elbow pads or knee pads. So um, anyway, uh, so then at the pet shop... Twombly finds Russell's tree, which is like a black triangle thing. And then uh, she throws it accidentally. Blythe and Russell make it in, and Russell makes a mad dash for it. And as soon as the food leaves Twombly's hand, everything goes slow-mo. Russell jumps on Mrs. Twombly twice, which distracts her. Like, the second jump distracts her, not the first jump. And then Russell replaces uh his substitute and catches the food. Uh, Mrs. Trombley compliments Russell on the catch, and then Zoe, being the substitute, is flung towards Digby and is and knocks Penny Ling out of the way. She then talks to Digby for a bit, but Digby has to leave because his owner is here, but then gives her a kiss on the nose as he leaves. Zoe is in, like, gushing mode, and she's, like wow, I can't believe it, like, he actually kissed it, and then, like, uh, says she thinks she should keep the bandage for a while to get some more attention out of it, and then she asks the the rest of the girl pets, and, uh, they all have bandages on their noses as well, thinking that will work, and then the episode ends with everyone laughing about that yeah this is a really strange episode. like you can tell because this is the longest episode so far that I've been doing, so I don't know like and through all of my ranting and raving, I still don't know exactly why it's called Trading places like like Zoe and Penny. Aren't trading places. Like they're just like. Zoe's asking Penny to do something for her. And Russell isn't trading places with anyone either. Because like no one from school is. Coming to the pet shop. So. Yeah I don't get it. This is. A strange episode. So, uh, I guess that does that for this episode of The Littlest Petcast. Tune in next time for, uh, the episode Topped with Buttercream, which I will announce right here I am planning on doing soon. So you get two podcasts, uh, in this week or this space of time and maybe no podcast next week cuz it's like christmas week and stuff maybe you'll get one and uh we'll just be like ahead whatever or i might not go through with the um other thing with like releasing another episode like less than a week from now hopefully tomorrow but whatever uh so yeah that'll be it for this episode uh please remember to comment on uh sound, shout engine on iTunes on the Google Play Store or app or wherever else RSS feeds go when they're trying to escape from the janitor anyway uh see ya